0: Hello and welcome to the IPA's New Business Diaries, brought to you by the IPA's New Business and Marketing Group. I'm Pedro Martins from Total Media, the Behavioural Planning Agency. And in this series, we'll be speaking to some of the biggest names in our industry, discussing the hottest topics in the new business world. In this week's podcast, I'll be talking to Nick Bourne, former CEO of Maxis and Essence, and understanding more about his journey from new business to agency chief. Today, I'm interviewing Nick Bourne. He's the Director of Agencies at Facebook for UK and Ireland. But prior to that, he was CEO of Essence. And before that, CEO of Maxis, in which during his tenure, he doubled billings from 200 million to 400 million, and they were named Agency of the Year. And I'm sure we'll get into that later. But what I really want to dig into to start with is his time spent in new business roles at MEC and Mindshare and what he believes it takes to be an outstanding new business leader. So... Hi Nick, and welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. Hot, but pretty good. Very hot. Very much. <laughs> so we've—I no, mean, mate—we've known each other for about 15 years now, uh, mm. and I've had the pleasure to call you a very close friend over that time, and see you massively rise in our industry. Um, and what I wanted to start today's podcast really is really an understanding about how you got into new business and why. So maybe if you can give us a bit of background.
1: Yeah, very happy to. So if I go back, back to the start of my media career, I, I I started at a company called Upward Brown Media, which is where obviously we met back in 2003. And then uh, Upward Brown got sold to Total Media and we both moved over to Total, I think in 2004, where I stayed for a, a couple of years and had an you know, absolutely wonderful portion of my career before then moving into what was then called MEC, which is now called WaveMaker, in 2006. Um, I, I'd spent a couple of years at, at WaveMaker uh, doing a traditional planning role, um, and then actually a year on secondment at, at British Telecom in their media team. And then I came back to to work on the Orange account, as it, as it then was before becoming EE, and actually, as part of that pitch, I was I was really involved uh, in in the in the orange pitch, and it was the first proper pitch I'd been involved in, and and I kind of really enjoyed that process. And I remember looking at the business, and in, in, in those days, uh, Tom George had taken over uh, at MEC as CEO, and and he'd put in place this fantastic team, and, and was about to embark on this extraordinary new business run, um, which I'm, I'm not sure has ever been equaled for, for the kind of number and the size of of the wins that they went through in those couple of years. And, and MEC was just all about new business. Tom Tom uh, still sat down every new starter for half an hour in those in those days. MEC was a reasonably small business. And he, he said to me, you can broadly ignore most things. Apart from new business, new business is, is the lifeblood of an agency. And I always took that slightly to heart. And, and, and it was so clear as the business was growing where the action was in new business that I felt kind of very drawn to it. And I had this opportunity. There was a, a you know, fantastic new business director called Cormac Lauren, who was, who was running new business at, at MEC those days. And I, uh, I had the opportunity to do a kind of hybrid role, half new business uh, and half working on the on the Orange account. Uh, and, and that's what kind of gave me my first taste for it. And I, and I went to my then CEO, who's now my current boss at Facebook, Steve Hatch, and said, look, I really, really want to be involved in, in new business on a more permanent basis. And uh, it just so happened that at that moment, uh, Mindshare, which was a sister agency, was looking for a, a head of new business and marketing. Um, and so Steve very kindly introduced me to, to the CEO of Mindshare, Jed. Uh, Jake Lanville at that point and, and I moved over into into the new business role full-time then uh, which was incredibly exciting. Fantastic and
0: um, yeah, I mean you talk about this run of success of new business, let us into the secrets.
1: Well I think there is an alchemy so if you, if, you, if the question is how do you win it <laughs> um you know but I, I i've certainly probably lost just as many as as i've been part of, of teams that won over the years but there there is an alchemy you know it, it is the aggregation of marginal gains it, it is um about having a team that is incredibly tight uh it, it, you know that 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 has a chemistry inside the agency, which I think advertisers buy, that's on top of the commercials, that has a unique proposition in the market, and, and is of its time. And and so many of those you know, those details need to work together and come together at the right time to kind of create a, a, a winning pitch. And And this is why you see kind of agencies go on runs, is because at that moment, everything just clicks. You know the the people, the product, the narrative, the industry, the offering. You know they all just click, and then and then suddenly you see you know you see the the you know the business go 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 through the roof, uh, and it, it's so exciting to be part of, of of a new business team that's functioning like that. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about um, and I completely agree. I mean, new business is the life uh, blood of the business, and we we talk about that constantly um, where, where I am. One of the things that obviously is your role at Maxis uh, when you were CEO there and you doubled billions from 200 million to 400 million, which is no mean feat. Um, how do you think new business played a part on that? in that? and Because obviously there's organic growth, there's other elements that might come to play. How much of that was new business versus everything else?
1: I mean, the, the majority is, is new business. Um, I think o- organic growth, tends to come reasonably slowly unless you happen to have a advertiser, uh, a client that's that just growing through, through the roof. Um, you know, we tended to, to deal with bigger blue chip businesses which were, which were already scaled and therefore organic growth tended to come in smaller increments. The big step changes in agency performance uh, were, were all new business driven. And 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 at Maxus, uh, so I'd I'd, I'd moved uh, from uh, Mindshare, having done the the new business role for a couple of years. And Lindsay Patterson, who was who was CEO of of Maxis UK at that point, um, and is is just an a, a, an extraordinary leader. Um, very kindly asked me to, to come and be managing director of, of Maxis um, shortly after uh, the, the team there had won Barclays. So they were already on this, you know, fantastic growth trajectory. Um, and then uh, after, after Lindsay stepped into a global role, I was uh, lucky enough to be asked to, to, to look after the the UK business, um, which we were able to, you know, to continue to grow at, uh, at you know, at, at a very healthy rate, uh, and just had this absolutely kind of fantastic team around me, uh, uh, you know, Tim Tim Irwin, Adrian Carter, Steph Marks, Anna Hickey, you know, just unbelievably capable people, uh, all of whom were really focused on new business and helped, you know, drive that drive that uh, agency forwards. Um, but to answer your question squarely, is is that the big increments are top line growth through new business, no doubt at all.
0: And in terms just on, on touch on the point of teams, typically what does a new business team look like in your experience? And what's a typical sort of new business day in your experience? Week even?
1: I mean I, I think I was doing new business when it was probably a less sophisticated Role than it is today. Um, you, it, the 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 new business function that that I worked in at Mindshare from when was it 2010 to 2012 had had me effectively as uh, head of new business and marketing or business development as I think we called it. Then uh, there was a, a, a head of marketing, a marketing director, which was Louise Richardson, who's who's now at uh, Pinterest. is absolutely incredible talent, and a wonderful team of, of Sarah Livesage and, and Charlotte Raven, who who worked across both marketing and, and new business. Um, so I think you know there were four there were four of us at uh, 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 four of us. Um, In total, you know, uh, I'd I'd love to tell you differently, but I think we did more marketing when new business was quieter. I think when we had a big pitch on or a series of pitches, all hands were to the kind of new business pump. And that, that was absolutely the priority. And whilst I wouldn't go as far as to say as marketing is what happened when new business didn't. There was certainly a kind of element of that that the focus was on on the pitch at hand or the pitches in hand and and probably marketing probably came as a, a kind of slightly slightly distant second as as a result. What I see I think today is far more sophisticated um, kind of setups sometimes a lot larger, um, sometimes more globalized uh, than local. That was a kind of a, a very local new business function. But I think that split between kind of marketing and pitches still exists. It was probably just a bit hazier in my time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, some of them still true. You work within the parameters that you have and the people you have on your team. And when there is a busy new business period, uh, it takes priority. But you're right. Mm-hmm. But it's about trying to put something in place. Um, and how, how does that how does that sort of day to day team compare to when you moved sort of into MD and CEO roles?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the the I think the two hardest roles in in an agency, or at least the two hardest roles I did, where I felt kind of the most responsibility, were were head of new business and and CEO, because I think I think as head of new business, there's that old sort of aphorism which is. Um, if you lose the pitch, it's it's your fault as head of new business, and and if the pitch is won, then it's the the agency's win. And, and I and I think I always felt that so acutely, you know. And I remember kind of you know the worst calls you get are the calls when you when 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 somebody's telling you you haven't won. And I think I used to pick those calls up when I was head of new business and also as, as CEO, probably less as less as MD. And and you can tell from the minute. The the person says hello, uh, you, know, you and your heart kind of sticks, and uh, and they're incredibly grim calls to get, and I think that you know that pressure I I, I really felt it, um, kind of both times. I think it's I uh, know, yeah, I think to new business in an agency is a is a really tough gig, uh, but incredibly worthwhile, and um, and I think very good for for careers. But um, I think as CEO, you, you, I was more likely to kind of split my day probably roughly, roughly I would say a third, a third, a third. New business, clients, and you know, kind of running, running the business, people, internal matters was was, was how I think the day split. New business role itself is probably a little bit more up and down, uh, just depending on on you know how many pitches you have on at any one time. Brilliant.
0: I, I know that, I know those calls very well. Sadly, I've had my fair share yeah. of both good and bad so.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you, complete, you completely know which way it's going as soon as you pick up that phone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> first, first syllable. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, and are there any, um, for your time in, I guess, any of those roles, are there any new business marketing or PR memories of your own agencies making that's really stand out for you that you're particularly proud of? Or, other agencies that you work that they've done, and you thought actually
1: that's, that was fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. What what tends to stand out are the 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 kind of the, the obviously the ones that, that that you win, and and you think, well, God, what is it we did that time that really resonated? And and as as I said earlier, I think I think often it's an alchemy. Often it's a kind of mix. It's never it's never one. Thing it's never a knockout blow. I think in terms of you know complete pitches, I think the the orange pitch at MEC had that alchemy. The L'Oreal pitch at Maxis had that had that alchemy, where it just you just felt that it was right from day one, and you had the kind of right mix of people and the right abilities and the right chemistry in those rooms and you you kind of got that sense of of momentum which is so exciting and sometimes when you don't have it you know it and and you get you know really preoccupied by what the other teams are doing and the other agencies and and it's brutal um so I think I I do it's that intangible sense of alchemy that that I think I really value In in terms of marketing um I, 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 you know there's there's so many brilliant bits of agency marketing from the years but i i, I think the one i always admired most uh was was when gray uh the creative agency in in 2017 i think rebranded itself from gray to, to Van in fact yeah with the the names of its um of its founders i think in in 1917 when it was founded um you know there, there was such fear and anti-semitism around that that two Jewish men didn't want to uh, call their agency uh, by by their names through fear of of not not you know picking up business or, or not being successful. And I think the it was so authentic and such a kind of uh, uh, touching um, thing to do for, from an agency. It was so elegant and and, uh, and and I thought that was absolutely the best piece of. Kind of, it wasn't even marketing. Just this, this piece of saying that this is who we are as an agency and this is what we stand for. I just, I just thought was genius. Absolutely brilliant. And very, very. T-
0: completely, completely agree. It was, it was absolutely. I remember that well. Absolutely mm. brilliant. And um, I guess fast-forwarding in terms of the new business role, what, mm. could you talk us through sort of that transition? You know, from new business to MD to CEO. I mean, what, what drives that? And I guess what advice cause, um, there's a lot of people in new business um, our listeners are in that space and there's a lot of people at various stages of their career um some start in some right at the top of the new business and they're looking potentially to the next step you know what sort of advice would you give to, the, to those
1: well I think I think in in my experience and it's just in my experience there's probably you know two two types of of new business people there are career new business people who who tend to go through, you know, uh, uh, up, up the rank in the new business and marketing pipe, you know, so they may start as a kind of uh, an exec and then move on and become sort of a, uh, a new business lead or head of new business or, you know, chief growth officer or global head of new business and, and and whatever it might be. And then And then I just think it's about your craft, your ability to oversee a pitch, to be the arbiter of content in that pitch, which I'll come back to in a minute. And, and just growing your career as as a subject matter expert and then I think there are people like me who do new business for two years or three years or four years or ten years because it's something that they're really interested in but then move either into a, a, a different side of the business or into into general management um, I, I personally don't think there's any role that can prepare somebody for general management better than pitching uh, and better than new business because, A, as, as we've discussed, it's always going to be central to any any service business growth, absolutely central, whether you're you know an accountant or, or a, a creative agency or a media agency. It's fundamental to growth, and therefore having that skill set in your wheelhouse is, 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 is crucially important. But it also exposes you to lots of different areas of the business that you may have less understanding of if you go through kind of the business in, in, in the normal route. Um, and again, I'll come back to that in a second. And that, and that's, you know, first and foremost, probably the commercials. Um, uh, and and I think anyone going through from from new business to general management needs to have a really kind of solid uh, commercial footing. And that, you know, that can be, um, you know, uh, working with a brilliant commercial team uh, or brilliant finance team, as 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 I had the, you know, kind of the honour to do so over the course of of, of all my uh, agency roles um, or, or taking a lead in those conversations yourself. I think the other point is whether you want to be career, new business, and this is back to the arbiter point, or whether you whether you want to do other things after you do new business, being the arbiter for content is critical. So if, if you're just there to... Um, you know, kind of make sure that the pitch happens and everybody turns up and it looks good and um, you know it, it's seamless and slick. Then I don't think you're necessarily getting enough out of the role. I I think the uh, I think that the potential in the role is is to be you know is to own what we would call the hymn sheet. You know that that kind of that one pager that says what are we trying to deliver on the pitch, how do we think we're going to win this pitch, and then to arbitrate as to what should be in that. Pitch or not, you know, is it our message? You know, are we, uh, are we going to win this pitch because we're being useful because we're answering the brief? Um, and that means having to deal and sometimes say no to people who may be very senior in the agency. Um, but but absolutely owning the product, uh, I think is critical if you, if you want to transition from certainly from new business to, to general management. But I would I would always think that that you know the great new business directors I I worked with. Um, we're always arbitrating on on content. I think it's critical. Cool. Great, really useful advice. Thanks, Nick. Um, then I sort of more
0: broadly, I think, um, really to sort of get your view on a couple of things. Really, where you think the industry is going, and also sort of take on brand building versus performance, mm-hmm. which has had a lot of airtime recently.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think I think in terms of where where the industry's going so i think i think the amazing thing about working in agencies um and obviously my background is 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 working with uh, in in media agencies or although i work with all different types of agencies now in in facebook is that it's still an unbelievably kind of young business and i don't mean that in terms of you know uh, uh, people who working in it i mean that you know the 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 first big networked media agencies were, were really kind of born in the late nineties. They were, there were obviously kind of media independents before then, but you know, the likes of Mindshare, they were all kind of late nineties. So there's still a huge amount of kind of settling that's happening around what, what the model is for, for, for media agencies going forward over the long term. And I think if we look where we are now, we're probably somewhere in a transition um, where it was more of a commodity based uh, business through the kind of leverage of, of, of scaled billings. And I think large sections of the industry are moving towards more of a kind of professional services model where time is is the commodity. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, that, that's not, you know, that, that, that's not a recent, um, change. You know, these, these are slow kind of tectonic shifts. Um, and, I think probably that the the route forward is 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 moving um, is is, is not thinking that one needs to be one or the other, but perhaps by slightly redefining what the commodity is. I think uh, for media agencies, particularly their ability to be practitioners as well as consultants is critical. And I think this idea that agencies become consultants is is, is a red herring and the wrong route forward. I think they just need to change the uh, the commodity. And I think there's a I think the the agencies um, that that I think we see advancing really quickly at the moment are, are ones that have developed product that that can premiumize their offering uh, through product. So by by having competitive advantage for their clients, uh, and that might be you know there might be governance products, they 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 might be uh, kind of commerce products or, or or planning products, whatever it might be. But the the ability to charge a premium through Product, I think, is is going to be increasingly competitive and increasingly critical. Um, and the ability to go to one's client base and say, you know, I, either you, you should want to work for us with us or stay working with us, because if you go elsewhere, you won't have access to X uh, product. I think is tremendously powerful. And then I think that the 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 key is making sure that obviously uh, that the right premium is being in is being charged for those products um and 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 i think you know kind of that that there for me obviously not not being a kind of practitioner anymore but feels like the the right route forward and i see you know i see the agencies in pronounced growth definitely taking a kind of product-led approach uh, uh to the market at the moment
0: i think i think it's a massively valid point and i think the, um, the problem that i seem to see most agencies have is the pricing element of that product i think yeah. as an industry we've been so used to giving away our thinking our work for a fraction of the cost if not free that suddenly yeah. we develop, developed something, and a lot of the tool i mean as most agencies we invest significant amounts of time energy money into tools that provide real value to our clients but we're just so yeah. used to giving away that value so i think there has to be a shift change in mentality from those yeah. agencies to make sure that, that we do price it properly and we do price it how it should be. Yeah,
1: totally agree.
0: Um, and then, sort of, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, given your your massive career <laughs> so far, uh, is there a piece of advice that you that stood out for you that someone's given you acro- over that time?
1: I don't. I don't know about massive career, but 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 <laughs> you're you kind to say so. I, I look. I, th- I think. Um, I think there's a few pieces of advice. That that I've had over the years that have that have resonated with me. I think the first um, the first was totally secondhand from John Hegarty, uh, the H of BBH, who, whom I've never met or don't been in the same room in. But I read an interview where he was asked um, the same question once, and his his response was, um, "Don't be in awe of anyone," uh, and and that for some reason kind of resonated with me, and it it, it means you know obviously kind of uh, always treat people with respect, but I think um, uh, I think let your craft and your knowledge um, be appealing to other people. You know, if if, if you're if you're you know uh, early on in your career and you're interested in what you do and you have a point of view, people are going to be interested. You know, CEOs are going to be interested because they're not. You know that, that that this isn't their kind of their their skill set. People always want to know more, and I think the ability to to go and have a conversation with anyone at any stage in your career is actually quite a tough thing to do. But I think I think is is really really important, and and so kind of never to be awed by the kind of circumstance or that that you find yourself in. I think is really important. Good advice from John Hegarty. and I think the other one linked to it it's just to be really interested in what you do. I love working in kind of the broader media industry. I, you know, I absolutely always have. And, um, you know, I, I loved working in agencies. I love, I still love working with agencies. I love doing what I do now. And I think, you know, the, the, the idea, um, I think if you're ambivalent, you know, it's, it's hard to get on. You know i always wanted to know you know which account was moving where you know who was the marketing director you know what agency was doing well who was driving it and, and i was fascinated and i still am fascinated um and i've you know i've been extraordinarily lucky to work with some amazing people over the course of the years um you know including your very good self pedro and and have kind of taken advantage of every every minute to every every minute of that and people can tell when you're interested you know and it gives you something to talk about I mean at at heart I'm I'm probably a little introverted I'm kind of not particularly into sport or gregarious and I've always found it hard to to kind of um, start conversations to nowhere Mm -hmm. outside of you know an industry which I'm, I'm kind of deeply passionate about I love talking about um and i and felt very kind of proud to be part of so I, I think i think if you're not interested in what you do and you don't want to find out more and learn i think it's i think it's really hard to get on uh, and actually I, I think if you're not interested in what you do you should you should do yourself a favor and go and find something that you're interested in because i think it's really tough to get on unless you do i think it's really hard to to fake that so, that, so that that would be that would be a kind of that that would be a mantra. I think I think in terms of career development, the other thing that I always thought was interesting, which is actually on a kind of purely selfish perspective, one you know, outside of a love for new business, one of the reasons I got into new business, is always just to think about you know your kind of root, roots forward. Um, I, rem- I remember I um, remember being recently promoted to to, to business director at um, at MEC. And in and in those days, you know, there was a there was a business directors meeting, and I, and I remember being so kind of proud to be walking into that meeting, and then and then walking into it for the first time and seeing, you know, that everyone in that room was was kind of more qualified, more talented, than, than I could hope to be in 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 a very long time, and thinking, gosh, you know, actually, well. Uh, Where where does one go from here? Because I'm certainly not going to be promoted out of this group anytime in the next kind of five, 10 years. And actually, as well as a love for new business, that's what kind of prompted me towards the new business role, which is like, well, can I I kind of move forward by going sideways, if you like, um, you know, into a role where... You know, there's actually only kind of one or two people in that team in the whole business. Is you know, is that is that a good route forward? Is something I am really interested in? Something really I'm passionate about? And does it help me move forward? And and in the end, I think it I think it did. I think it was a really helpful career move for me moving into into new business. So I think think try to think. You know, a piece of advice I, I was also given is just try to think laterally around your career and how you can kind of accelerate it by by not necessarily just climbing up the kind of greasy pole, as it were.
0: Nick, I mean that that was really open, raw, honest advice. And um, I I'd certainly appreciate that openness. And I, I know our listeners will as well. So thank you for that. was no, some, great, some great pieces of advice there. Um, I know we're coming up on time now. So if, just a few more minutes, but I've got two questions. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, a very I'm, quick I'm,
1: I'm absolutely fine for the next, you know, for as long as you want, room. Fantastic. Um, well, one of the things I,
0: I wanted to ask is just the this current landscape we find ourselves in. I mean, in in our in our careers, we've we've definitely never experienced anything quite like this. Obviously, we've experienced recessions, yeah, but nothing nothing quite like COVID nineteen. And just given everything that you've navigated um, across your time, if this something on the current context and how how you would advise sort of win and go forward and grow.
1: It, there's so many ways to, to answer this
0: question. A nice but, easy question for you, Nick.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> look, I I, I think. It's also very easy to pontificate without understanding the individual circumstance of a business. I think there's, there's the, the, the first easy and lazy advice would be stick to your strategy. This is a, te- a temporary issue and it'll all be fine. And that, do you know what? That might prove out, and there's lots of industry commentary that says that don't take your eye off the ball, keep your strategy. This is temporary. However, I do think there are going to be you know some permanent changes, both in terms of ways of working, in terms of how professional services industries operate, in terms of um, you know an acceleration into yeah you know, different types of media consumption, and and I think the the, the key thing is to understand how that that meshes with your plans moving forward as a business. So I think a long, hard, honest look at every business's 2020 strategy that looks at areas that are perhaps no longer relevant or need changing. But but more importantly, areas of opportunity that you can accelerate towards is probably the... um, is, is, is probably the kind of right course of action here i think it, it might be kind of a slightly lazy or short-sighted to assume that this is just going to be a tough year and we'll all get back to back to normal in 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 2021 i think um i i, I think a more assured path to growth lies down lies down that more introspective route than just assuming it's all going to be business as usual i'm conscious that's a sort of very nebulous answer Um <laughs> Uh, but but it's probably the, the best I can do it uh, uh, in, in, in the current scenario.
0: I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. And everything you said makes complete sense. And then um, it would be sort of remiss of me, um, given that you are now at Facebook, if I didn't ask uh, what, at least one question on it. And really, it's just to understand, you know, what have you seen are the sort of differences between agency side and then moving to a huge platform like Facebook?
1: Well, I think I think um, the first thing is is that new business is clearly a good route into uh, <laughs> into Facebook and tech if anyone should want to do that. Um, looking, looking, you know, certainly, um, you know, uh, uh, Steve, who I work for now, um, who is a fantastic leader at, at MEC and and is uh, equally great to work for at Facebook. You know, came from an agency CEO background, very heavily involved in new business. Uh, Nicola Mendelssohn, who's our uh, Amir. Uh, VP um, to lead the whole region was, was new business at, at BBH I think once upon a time so so there's 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 a clear uh, route from agency new business um, in, into into what we're doing for for anyone that that would be interested in doing that. I think you're not, um,
0: you're not, you're not allowed to pitch for
1: candidates on this podcast just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the biggest the biggest difference. Uh, it, it, in in my day-to-day experience of the job because actually a lot of this is a lot of what i do is dealing with the other half of the coin as it were so actually the the role i do now uh works with kind of core media and creative agency partners um but then into a kind of slightly broader ecosystem of partners so so the venture capital private equity businesses trade bodies the, the these kinds of areas but actually i think that the biggest difference. And of course there's lots of differences. You know, Facebook's a product um, organization, whereas agencies are you know professional services businesses. But actually is in my experience of how the business grows, back to your earlier point. So agencies tend to grow in fits and starts driven by new business. i.e. you know, you'll suddenly win a huge account and that'll put 25% on top of your um, you know your top line revenue. And that and that you know that that's a, a massive growth change. Whereas actually where I find on on the kind of the the sales side, on on the tech side of the business is is that the changes are kind of far more kind of incremental. So, you know, a bit more spend here, a bit less spend here. But you're unlikely to see that single decision that's suddenly going to make, you know, a 20 percent difference to your to your business in, you know, in in the space of a phone call. And actually that that calls for a, a slightly different way of working, a different way of thinking about how one grows um the business ones in um and actually it's been a really interesting kind of source of transition for me
0: thanks nick and now i'm going to end very quickly on a quick fire round quick take your time that's fine I, I, I'll, I'll let you i'll let you do that um so favorite book
1: my favorite book my favorite book is um a uh, book called Shogun by James Cavell. It's a sort of slightly abstruse choice, but but it, it's a fantastic kind of historical fiction uh, around uh, Japan in, in um, I think that's, oh gosh, the, I think the 17th century.
0: Oh, lovely. Have you ever been to Japan and still want it on my... To I have do not, this but I, I would love
1: to go to Japan. That's that's absolutely on my kind of list of, of places I really want to see in my life. Well,
0: maybe we can arrange something to do it
1: together. That would be very nice. <laughs> uh, Favourite movie? Favorite movie is really hard. Uh, I've never been <laughs> able to answer this question. I, I have a I have a really kind of soft spot for spaghetti western. Uh, so <laughs> right. the, the the easiest one is probably um, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Is you know is is just has unbelievable scope to it. But I think it, it probably broadly depends what I'm in in the mood for. But that would definitely be up there. Nice.
0: Uh, early morning or late evening?
1: Definitely early morning. I do I do everything. Anything I do half decently, I do early morning.
0: And do you, what sort of time are we talking about? Do you have a I mean, routine? Uh, I've, that you do?
1: I've always been an early riser, whether it's whether it's been to work or or or, or now at home. Um, I you know I tend to like to be at my desk um, at, at around kind of seven thirty, if possible. Just just because I find that that that's a when I do when I when I'm capable of original thought tends to be. Uh, very early in the morning and anything past midday tends, tends to be less useful. (laughs) Me too. And, um, and, um, also because it's quiet, right? You know, it's before the emails start coming and the calls start coming. Um, so I've, I've always been, been far, far more productive and happy early in the morning. I'm not, I'm not a good worker late nights. I have always been in awe of people who could sit down and start cracking out slides at kind of 10 at night because it's never been something I can do.
0: No, I'm I'm the same as you to be honest. Morning's my preferred. And is do you have a, a sort of routine that you follow, either morning or
1: evening? Um, yeah, I mean I don't I don't think there's anything particularly groundbreaking there. Uh I the only thing that might be deemed slightly unusual or odd is is I'm a big believer in baths. Um I I you know, even even in in this kind of weather, which is which is sweltering. And and especially since I've had Children in in, in so I've got I've got two young youngish kids seven and eight and actually I find a bath is probably the only moment I, I I genuinely get to myself where I can read something you know read read something fun. Uh, there's obviously no phones or at least not usually any phones and 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 kind of no no distractions. So my. um I think I would be hard pressed to trade a morning bath for anything, but that's probably that's probably my only uh probably, brilliant. Sorry to put that picture in anyone's I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of baths, but I am a fan of quiet time from the kids, so maybe I'll fake bath right. pretend I'm running water. Good idea. Just to get some... <laughs> and uh oh and just a couple more. Mark Ritson or Byron Sharp?
1: I think I think both, you know, have you know have, have you know kind of fantastic canons of of knowledge i would just say that i kind of norms and benchmarks always make me slightly itchy i think uh, i think for any advertiser because there's so many exceptions and so many outliers i think for any agency or advertiser the the key here is establishing a a very robust learning agenda and then understanding the kind of incremental impact of each channel for your business rather than for business in general Um, but but i think as as kind of uh, general rules of thumb go. You know, some of their work's extraordinary.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And um, finally, if you could broadcast one message to the wider world, probably on a poster, so it can't be that long.
1: Or yeah. what would it be? Uh, I I I think uh, the most important message right now is that would fit on a poster is uh, assume for positive intent. Very nice. Yeah,
0: I think I, I've I've always heard that you shouldn't interpret everything as malice, um, yes. but more misunderstanding.
1: Yeah, I think you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of assumption across lots of courses in society today around around that that, that have their genesis in in assuming for negative intent. And I think yeah, positivity in society is a hugely important thing. So that would be my 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 poster,
0: Nick. That's a great um, point to end on. And as you know, I've always had huge admiration and respect for you and been deeply well, inspired many many times and so i just want to thank you again for uh making the time So i know how busy you are to, to do this today and thanks again my absolute pleasure thanks for having me pedro